Hello and welcome to the Locked On White Sox podcast. I am your host, Herb Lawrence. This is episode two, and I appreciate everybody who listened to the first episode. And I hear your feedback. I know people want to get this on Google Play, get it on iTunes, get it on Stitcher, and different systems where you hear your podcast. We'll be getting them up post-haste. I know maybe some of you guys right now are listening on one of those formats, and we appreciate it. We very much appreciate you tuning in to Locked On White Sox. On this episode, we will talk about a lot of positivity, lots of things that make us feel good. I know you're a Chicagoan right now, and if you're a Chicago sports fan, things are looking bleak right now with our winter teams. The Bulls are horrible. Just lost the game. I'm taping this on a Monday night. They just lost the game. They had an 18-point lead in. They lost that game to the Knicks uh, by eight points. The Hawks, I know they won yesterday, but it's looking bleak for them also. And the Bears, I don't even talk about it. You know the Bears suck this year. And we won't even talk about the Cubs. They hired their new manager, but that's irrelevant. They're not really doing anything. Next year, they won't be anything. You know who will be? The Chicago White Sox. The 2020 Chicago White Sox. Man, you guys are like, Herb, positivity from you about the White Sox? What the hell happened? I looked at the Minnesota Twins. The 2018 Minnesota Twins were just about the same thing as the 2019 Chicago White Sox. But you know what? The arrow wasn't pointed up as much, and the Twins still won 20 more games than they won the year before. They did this by scoring runs, a bunch of runs, 200 runs more than they did the year before. They did that by getting guys like Boomstick, on their team, getting Marwan Gonzalez on their team, having youngsters step up and become stars. Miguel Sano finally becoming the guy that maybe they thought he would be. Byron Buxton, when he's on the field, becoming the guy that he they thought he could be. And yeah, they got a couple pitchers. Run prevention is very key to becoming a better team. Jake Odorizzi, a free agent target for everybody, a guy that the White Sox might be targeting, pitched well for them. So this is why I'm hopeful, very hopeful, that the White Sox can do similar things than the Minnesota Twins did in 2019 while bringing them down to a level that's more feasible for the White Sox to compete with. Because right now, at the end of the season, Minnesota Twins were 28 and a half games ahead of the White Sox. The second place team, the Cleveland Indians, 20 and a half games ahead of the White Sox. So this big timber that the White Sox have to chop down to be competing in 2020. And that's the goal. No more. Re- if you listen to the first episode, no more rebuild. We're done. Rebuild is over. Cashed. We're out. So the first episode, if you listen to that, I started to show you where they can improve their team immediately and the reasons why I want those guys in particular. Started off with Anthony Rendon, showing you guys that Anthony Rendon is a huge upgrade. And it's not the huge upgrade over Yoan Mankata because he'll still be on the team. The huge upgrade is from Yomer Sanchez, who will be relegated to late-inning replacement, spot starter, not an everyday starter like he was with the White Sox. And that's the thing I just got irritated with this offseason, during the season. So many Sox fans, so many people in the Sox clubhouse saying, 
Glad we didn't get Manny Machado. Yoan Makata's having a great year. And they would compare Yoan to Manny Machado. That wouldn't have been the deal, folks. The deal would have been Yoan still on the team, probably staying at second base. Manny stays with the White Sox at third base. And Yomer takes his rightful spot on the bench. He'll be on the bench with Scott Farrell. Poor man, another white guy high. Manny is much better than Yomer. And it's not your money. So shut up about it. They didn't dodge a bullet. They messed up. Let's be by, let bygones be bygones. They messed up. Let's have that as a basis, as a fundamental fact. That the White Sox messed up last year. Their free agency will move forward and give them a reprieve for 2020. So you get Anthony Rendon. You play him second base. You play him third base. You play him in the goddamn lineup. That's all I want. In the lineup. With Yoan Mancada. With Tim Anderson. With Jose Abreu if they bring him back. With Eloy Jimenez. With Louis Robert. What about Nick Madrigal? I don't, I, what about him? Is he one of the nine best players on the team? Put him on the field. But we're not going to stop ourselves from getting the best players because we have a prospect coming up that might be good. If he's better than him, put him on the field. If he's not, we're not going to say, oh, we got our, we already got a second baseman, so we don't need uh, Rendon. Nah, we're good. Nick Madrigal, that's it. Hell no. Get the best players. My second guy I wanted, Dallas Keuchel. Garrett Cole pitched another brilliant game the other day. But as I said in the first episode, he's pitched a lot of innings in the last two years. I don't believe his arm will hold out and become the same guy throughout, especially throughout the contract. And then also, I said that Jerry Reinsworth's not going to get this guy. Gary Cole wants multiple years. He wants six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. That's not in Jerry Reinsworth's purview. He doesn't do that. And that's his prerogative. I might disagree, but that's what he doesn't want to do. So let's get a guy in Dallas Keuchel that reminds me of Mark Burley and can pitch late into his 30s, mid-30s, and pitch well. Induce a lot of ground ball contact and get outs. Give you 200 innings. That's what you need right now. Before I get to the other guys I would like the White Sox to get, I want to talk to you about one of my favorite sayings I have on Twitter. So many of you guys get it mixed up, but here it is. Managers don't matter that much in wins and losses. I believe managers have value, but it's not during the games. Where I think the that much comes up is where I think that Ricky Renteria comes up short. He comes up short because he bunts more than 95% of the average major league manager. And he's in the American League. There's only one more American League team in the top 10 in bunting, and that's Tito Francona. You know what Tito Francona can do? He can do that if he has the results that Tito Francona gets day in, day out, year after year. Ricky Renteria can't do that shit. And sorry for cussing. Yeah, you know what the Minnesota Twins don't do? They don't bunt. The league-adjusted sack bunch rate is 100. That's average. The White Sox are 196. That means 95% more than the average Major League Manager Ricky Renteria bunts. You know what the damn Twins are at? Rocco Baudelli, rookie manager, he's at 76. 
24% lower than the average major league manager. And they scored 200 more runs than they scored the year before under Paul Molitor. Another team, the team that's right now in the goddamn World Series with a 3-2 lead. A.J. Hinch, his bunt rate is 42. The adjusted league average is 100. He bunts less than 58% of the whole league. You know why that team wins? It's because they have great hitters and their managers not giving up outs. This is where it counts. This is where it matters a little bit. But this is the thing I keep on talking about on Twitter. Process over outcome. Because if you do the process right, and the, the process that you have is right, and you keep on doing that right, You'll get your desired outcome more than not. I bring up the case of you needing to get home. You're at a bar. You're drunk. You drive that car home drunk and make it home doesn't make your decision to drive home drunk correct. The outcome was positive. That doesn't mean that the decision is absolved or that the decision is correct. Don't just excuse things because you got a victory. The thing about the Bears game yesterday, I'm taping this on Monday, so if you're listening, it is October 28th right now, and so they lost yesterday to the L.A. Chargers. Everybody would have forgot about most of the things that went wrong in that game if Eddie Pinheiro kicks that ball through the uprights. They would have forgot about it. It would have melted away, but he missed it, so everything is intensified, all the dumb things. And sorry for sidetracking. I'm making you sad. I thought this was going to be a positive show, but damn it. Thinking about Ricky Rentry and bunting all these times and all the rest of the teams in the league who are successful, not bunting, kind of gets me fired up. What I want out of this team is to be smarter. And the margins are so small with the team when they're 28 games behind the team that they're trying to chase. They need things to be right. They need to hit on more things than miss. And what Ricky Renteria does to the White Sox matters a little bit. After the break, I will tell you the players I want the White Sox to continue on our free agent quest to get and to make us the 2020 AL Central champions next year. My name is Herb Lawrence. You're listening to the Locked On White Sox podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On White Sox podcast. I am your host, Herb Lawrence. And before the break, I tease a couple players that I want to have the White Sox go after in free agency for 2020. Last week, or the last episode, episode number one of Locked on White Sox, I discussed them going after Anthony Rendon of the Washington Nationals, who will be a free agent this year, and Dallas Keuchel of the Atlanta Braves. Both of those guys would be my one and two targets in this offseason. My third guy I would go after is a guy that played in Houston himself, and the Astros gave up on him. And then he went to Detroit, retooled his swing, started talking to Miggy, started talking to guys there, and got great. Got traded to Arizona real quick and then signed a free agent contract with the Boston Red Sox and took home a championship last year in 2018. Of course, I am talking about J.D. Martinez. He is a little up there in age. But J.D. Martinez is a stud hitter, and the White Sox were shite at the D.H. position. If you follow fan graphs and the war, the F4 stat, the Boston Red Sox with J.D. Martinez as the main guy 
doing the designated hitting. They were almost a three-win team, uh, sixth in the league, behind the Rays, Twins, Rangers, Astros, and Mariners. You want to guess what the White Sox were out of qualified teams? Go ahead. There's 15 teams in the American League. Guess what the White Sox were? Yes, last, 15th. Yes, they were the worst team in the American League. The top team was a four-and-a-half war win team, the Rays. The White Sox were negative 3.5, so they're giving away games by their designated hitter. So getting J.D. Martinez right there, if he just does the same thing he did last year, a six-win upswing right there from what they're throwing out there last year, Polka or Collins or Welly Castillo or all the garbage they threw at designated hitter last year. Getting J.D. Martinez is vital. Now, J.D. Martinez has extra years on his contract. He can opt out of his deal right now. It's up to him if he wants to be a free agent. If I was him, one more bite at the apple for a big-time contract because at the end of this contract, he'll be in his mid to late 30s and probably won't get another big-time contract. J.D. Martinez, if he becomes a free agent, is a priority target for Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, Jerry Reinsdorf to get. J.D. Martinez helps your team score more runs, hit more home runs. He will not be asked to bunt by Ricky Renteria, ever. You don't have to see Daniel Polka ever again. Zach Collins can be a backup catcher or give J.D. Martinez a blow every once in a while when he needs some time to rest. This is the kind of guys you need. These are the kind of guys that you want on your team. And the fourth move, the fourth guy I want on this team, and I got to give a hat tip to Chris Tannehill. You know him. You love him. He runs the board. The audio guy on audio guy on the Danny Parkins and Dan McNeil show. Big-time Sox fan, one of my favorites. We go on road trips together, me, him, and Brendan McCaffrey. He brought this up to me. He wants Marte. And I I know subsequently a lot of people have brought this up on different uh, message boards, on different uh, social media platforms. But Starling Marte would be a perfect pickup for what the White Sox are doing with their offense. Just this past weekend, Bob Nutting, and the name is great. It's trending on Twitter because of Nutting. He fired Neil Huntington. He should have did this years before. Neil Huntington has been Pittsburgh's GM for way too long. What I'm thinking is they're going to do a total rebuild. Finally, get rid of players that are on last or close to last deals. And a perfect player for the White Sox, Mr. Starlin Marte. He is a stud right fielder, perfectly for the White Sox. I don't want to pay anybody any more money. I know that Jerry and Kenny and Rick after I spent almost $90 million of their dollars, are going to be pissed at me. So, Herb, slow down. I don't want you to be spending no more of my money. Yes, we like Ozuna, especially because his cousin's Pablo. But, damn it, he's going to cost in the 20s, and now you got us at 120, $110 million, Herb. Stop spending our money, damn it. Okay, I'll stop spending your money, Jerry Reinsdorf. But you got to do me a favor. Go out and get yourself a right fielder. And the right fielder you got to get is Starlin Marte. Imagine having the hitter's role that the White Sox are going to have if they go and execute the plan that I've laid out. Yeah, I know it's very, very, very unlikely that the White Sox are going to get these four players that I've named. But damn it, I can ask. 
Because you don't ask, you don't get. And I want to get these players. Getting these players are going to get the White Sox to the playoffs. I know some of you out there want to get lofty goals. You have lofty goals of winning multiple championships. But damn it, that's really hard. Think about since 1992. There's only been six teams out of the 30 in the MLB that have won multiple championships in that time. Six! It might be seven tomorrow or subsequently. I'm taping this again on Monday. Houston Astros might win their multiple championship tomorrow. But there's only been six up to this point that I'm recording this. The Blue Jays, 92 and 93. The Florida Marlins, 97 and 2003. Yankees won four, I think. It's uh, 98, 99, 2000. Then 2009, I believe they won another one. The St. Louis Cardinals have won multiple championships. The Boston Red Sox have won multiple championships. Last but not least, the San Francisco Giants. That's it, folks. It's hard as hell to win multiple championships in that amount of time. Baseball's changed. And the only back-to-back-to-back champions were those Yankees in 98 through 2000. So, yeah, it's hard as hell to get in there. As White Sox fans, we should be happy, very happy if we make the playoffs firstly next year. We should expect it, but also we should be happy. And if we happen to get into the playoffs in consecutive years, we should throw a huge party for Rick Hahn. It's never happened in our history. The White Sox have been around as long as the Yankees have been around. They've been to the playoffs nine times and never consecutively. The Yankees have won 27 championships. The White Sox have won three. That's nine times, Mr. Rooney, nine times, Mrs. Bueller, more than the White Sox. So be happy if they get there. Once. If they get there twice, be elated. If they win one, be orgasmic. If they win two, you're spoiled brats. That is the greatest thing in the world. So let's set our sights just on the playoffs, making the playoffs every year, getting a bite at the apple, getting to the tournament, and see what happens. This has been the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm your host, Herb Lawrence. By the end of the week, we will have guest, guest lists written out. And I will have those episodes. I'll be coming out with episodes every Tuesday and every Friday, Lord willing, during this offseason. If there's some breaking offseason news, of course, I will get on the mic and send one of these to you so you can have it and have my reaction to what the White Sox have done. But I appreciate you downloading and listening and subscribing and telling your friends and rating this thing and giving me feedback on Twitter. Ectorwall23 is where you find me. You want to write me an email. It's Ectorwall23 at Gmail. Woo! I'm just excited. White Sox 2020, the Hugh Downs of the years. You're listening to Locked On White Sox. I'm Herb Lawrence. Salutations.